Hello and welcome to episode 229 of Three Beers a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Colin, our first podcast of 2022. It's nice to see you. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, sir. All yeah, that kind of uh, stuff. When is it okay not to say Happy New Year? Is it about a week after you say um, I've kind of been doing it on and off today. I'm like, can I, it, if it's someone you like, I'll do it. If it's someone I don't particularly care about, I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think it, familiarity it's okay to be friends still. Happy New Year, nice to see them all up. If it's someone you don't particularly care about, then fuck, don't it's stop now. So a week's yeah. of the cut off point for it. Yeah. Um, you got your Christmas decorations then, dude. I would have taken them down in Boxing Day, but we took them down the 27th. I would have taken them down in Boxing Day if I have half a chance. Cool, we, we were about the same as well. Um, so no, good, good. I, I don't like that people that leave them up. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, come on, just no. take them. Them fucking down. Once it's done, it's done. That's the point. Once yeah. they've already been up since about fucking the first week of December, anyway. So it's like I feel like yeah. I just want them down. I want my house back to sort of a normality at that point. Totally, totally. We can get moving around without fucking tripping Aye. over tinsel and stuff. Exactly. And also, I don't want I don't want remnants of the previous year's festivities up at New Year. I want to like maybe start fresh, like start yeah, a new I, year. I like that. I like that. Yeah, very good. Like, what, did you, what did you do for New Year? Did you do much? Good, had, yeah, we used for housebound, but for housebound because yeah. one of us get COVID, not me. Um, yeah, so we were yeah. we had to isolate. So <laughs> um, I am like um, Bruce Willis and in, Unstoppable. In, in I, I cannot, I cannot get this. I feel like I am. You're unbreakable. So I'm unbreakable. Like, sorry, yeah. You have like heroic I'm, powers. <laughs> I don't know heroic powers, but I just I don't seem to get sick. Um, so which is in a way a good thing, obviously. Um, I Means you never get time off work, though. So yeah, yeah I don't get time off work. So but, um, yeah, so we did. We done absolutely. We watched ice hockey and we watched movies, and that was it. What I watched you? Jules Holland. Jules Holland. Um, I had the kids over, so um, I had a fourteen-year-old daughter who had a, a couple of bottles of Wicked. Um, and turned out very giggly and a bit cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I Jules Holland to about half one, then went to bed. Um, so old man, old man, dude, was sleeping by by half one. Um. Oh, half one, dude. I was sleeping by like ten past twelve. I was, I was yeah, done yeah. <laughs> I've never been a big, a big kind of New Year reveler. Do you no. know what I mean? I've always been quite kind of, you know, keep it small and and you know intimate. I've always, always kind of done New Year's like that. So yeah, I've been out a couple of times in New Year. Um, once I went out in Sydney, it was awesome because it was like sort of like a big event. But other things I've been out in New yeah. Year in like sort of like Scotland. It feels like everyone's a prick on New Year because they're all it's, it's, places are too busy. People are assholes. They always try to get to the bar, and they all pretend mm. to love each other at like say. Mm. At, 10 seconds to midnight and then after yeah. the 10 after midnight happens you sing old lang syne everyone becomes a dick again as they try and get to the bar and they fucking won't step over your body to get up yeah every, everyone hates it plus it's freezing in scotland <laughs> in winter as well do you, exactly. know I mean? you don't want to be reveling outside where it's like fucking minus four degrees that no. that's not a nice exactly. new year whereas in australia do you know i mean it's, it's I'm sure it's much 35 more. degrees at midnight you know so it's like yeah, it's pretty warm you know so you're, yeah, you're okay taps off for sure exactly for sure exactly. <laughs> anyway are you drinking anything of note tonight um, I'm drinking something um, <laughs> that, that it's it's a, a remnant of New Year that this was gifted to us for Christmas and New Year. So I'm drinking okay. um, Peroni. Peroni, oh which, nice. Which I don't like Peroni. I think it tastes like um, Italian dishwater, like like San Miguel Spanish dishwater. I think this is like Italian it, dishwater. It probably is, but when I was in Italy last, um, Peroni was cheaper to buy than Coca Cola. So you would drink it. Yeah, so it's like it was cheaper to buy Peroni than it was to buy Coca Cola. So I end up I end up to drink a lot of Peroni because it was. A cheaper option. So I, I'm I'm not particularly proud of what I'm drinking. I'm drinking it because it's it's the last bottle in the fridge. I think you can drink. It's one thing you can drink all day and not really get drunk because it's like yeah. it's so weak. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just uh, it's generic it's like the Italian tenants I guess into or whatever, much, take, yeah. take whatever country and that's your generic kind of brand of it um, what are you drinking tell me yours one, is much more interesting yes it's from Siren Brewery um, oh. and it's in line with one of the films we were discussing tonight it's called In With The Neo oh okay Okay, yeah. so that's a fancy can. Is it's a it's a kind of neo can as well, very green and yeah, matrixy. Um, is Siren Brew is that the one that's female owned entirely? No, I don't think so. Maybe, no, possibly I don't know. There's a brewery out there that's entirely yeah, it, kind I of had one was, um, franchise and stuff. Yeah, I had the one. I had a drink from. Remember, it was like um, text me when you get home or something. It was called. Remember that yeah. drink I had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember when I had it. Um. No, that's from Mothership. That they they, they do that's like the all female. I'm pretty old. sure I've probably just been overtly sexist by assuming because it's called Slider. It's yeah. a female fucking brewery, so I've probably just like, yeah. like done everything I'm not meant to there. But yeah, fuck it, I'll go for it anyway. I'm trying to where this came from, but it says a celebration of Neo Mexicanus hops. Oh, so you might like it. It's um, mm-hmm. tropical flavors and a pithy grapefruit bitterness with a juicy pineapple twist. Does it? It sounds like lilt. It kind of it has got a liltiness <laughs> to it actually, which is not a bad thing. I do quite like my fruity beers, so um, it's nice. It, and it's a very very cool can. Well done. Yes, so it's only four point something percent, I believe. Um, so I can drink a few of these because I got a few through at Christmas. Four point two. This one is. I got a few through at Christmas at like seven point nine. I think I'm like, oof, that that's me. Maybe well, for special you. occasions. Um, we we ended up with with. God knows how many bottles of rum. Um, because I've said to people I like rum and yeah. Lorraine likes rum, but we've got, I think we got two bottles of Sailor Jerry, a bottle of Mount Gay, a bottle of um, Andy got us, uh, Ron Cuba, it's called, or something right. like that. And then we got a bottle of Kraken. So we've just got a cupboard full of rum just now, which is, it's nice, but it's dangerous because when it's there, you drink it. it. You drink it, yeah, yeah, probably more than you should. So yeah. um, I'm pretty sure my liver's screaming at me just now, saying, "Going to just stop drinking for a day or two." But um, yeah. amazing, this is only we'll like my third beer in about three weeks, just because I'm not well, feeling that great because of the, the, the COVID. Um, not really in the mood to drink at home, and I'm by myself, like in the house myself type thing. I feel like a bit or yeah. in the house, like you feel like if I start drinking, it's a slippery slope of how far I'll go down the drinking <laughs> route. So, <laughs> so I've actually been laying off the booze of late. <laughs> Um, but before we go on to the, the non-cinema viewing that we start with, we will we'll start with sad news. Um, so it's a trio of rest mm. in pieces. Um, yeah. We'll start with, because I know you've got to get to one at the end, we'll let you eulogise at the end. Um, first one, Peter Bogdanovich died yesterday. Um, film director, actor as well, you know, writer. When Lorraine has said to me yesterday died, and at first I was like, who's that? And then she rhymed off a few films, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, that's when I realised. Oh, right, that's who that is. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, like he's... you know, last picture show. What's up, Doc? Mm-hmm. Paper Moon. Yep. You know, yep. Saint Jack, yeah. Texasville. You know, yep. done a lot of stuff. So, some, some, uh, some proper, I mean, proper, well-made films as well. The man was was good at his craft. Do you know what I mean, like, all those films you've mentioned, they, they're all pretty much classics. Um, proper movies. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably a sense of viewing for, for most film students and stuff like that as well, I would imagine. Um, you have yeah, to ask um, Lorraine, because I forget the woman's name, but he's like partner at the time, used to work with him. Um, and she partly was like sort of the brains behind the operation because once she went her own way, his films went to kind of, they really sort of struggled to get off the ground and didn't oh. really work as quite as well. You have to ask her who that was. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure she... remember the name. She'll um, know. Um, yeah, I'm, sure a, I'm sure there's a. You must remember this. Um, all about her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she was sort of like the brains and the power when they sort of the story, like who wrote the scripts or didn't write, but sort of script doctored it to the point where it became like you know feasible and she was well, like workable, yeah, and yeah. being charged production and all that kind of stuff. And um, apparently, when she when she and him sort of went their separate ways, I think did, she, did Peter Bogdanovich not end up banging Sybil Shepherd at one point? Possibly, I suppose at the time the last picture show as well, aye, because um, she was in that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think at that point they sort of went their separate ways, and once she went away, once she left, it sort of it sent her. His work went a bit of a dip because it just didn't have the same flow to it. Um, so, bit an interesting, yeah. an interesting man. But, um, interesting. But that, work. that was a sad one. Um, but yeah, as I say, I didn't recognise anyone immediately, and then as soon as you hear some of the bodies of work, it, it all just falls in, and you know, you realise what what has been lost. I guess. Yeah, the reason why he's, he's a name that you remember. He also he popped. You know, he popped up a couple of years ago in Stream Part Two. No, did he? Yes, I, I know there was quite a few. Was that one Jane Silent Bobber in as well? Part two? No, no. No, that's Scream. I'm talking about it, chapter two. Oh, it, cha- sorry, I thought, I thought you said Scream. Sorry. No, it, chapter two. He he pops up. He's the director who's uh, like on set with James McAvoy's character mm. at the very start. Mm. That's Peter, mm. Peter Bogdanovich. So he, he, he right. popped up in a few things now and again. He liked to do a wee bit of acting, a bit of a kind of almost Tarantino way in that respect. You know, like to put himself in stuff as well. So. Yeah. Interesting man, and definitely from what I heard, these last sort of few years, he's been sort of very heavily working on the Austin Wells film, the other side of the wind that was on Netflix. He was sort of heavily involved in bringing that to um, its conclusion because obviously it sort of was half finished at the time of uh, Wells' death. So very sad. Second one up, who passed away literally a few hours ago, is Sidney Poitier, the um, the the magnificent Sidney Poitier, the the brilliant Sidney Poitier. He's... Much just untouchable ground, in terms of acting, ground, groundbreaking, possibly. Yeah. I would probably say, yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose it opened doors and paved way for, for kind of black actors to get the recognition that they, they rightly deserved. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's um, I mean, proper heavyweight in terms of filmmaking and you know, politically, what he's done to change the landscape and stuff like that, a perception of kind of black actors, and whatnot. yeah. Um, Oscar runner as well. Um, yeah. Amazingly, like his first credit was in 1947 and his last credit was 2001. Wow, so he was active as well. He, yeah. was, you know, he never kind of rested in his laurels much and no. I'm sure he was doing stuff after as well. Um, you know, maybe not movies and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, some, some big films for him, like the Defiant ones, um, Look Who's Coming to Dinner. Um, well, like I've watched that recently for the first time and was like genuinely blown away by how good it was. Like It's yeah, a phenomenally yeah, well yeah. done film. He, he was an amazing... I mean, I think he probably gets... More recognition as a director, but he's he's a fine actor. Um, yeah, really, really fine actor. Um, Heat and Eight stuff like that as well. You know, he's, he's done a lot, a lot, a lot of big, big films that it's going to be remembered for decades to come as well. Do you remember a minute? I really liked him in, and um, I don't think it's enough credit from what it was. Remember, um, Sneakers. Robert Redford. I do, I do remember Sneakers. Yeah, I do remember. I love that. I love that film. I always remember a bit where they, they kind of throw the boy in the car, the boot of the car, and then they get him to the call by all the sounds and play out the sounds right. like went over a bumpy bridge and stuff. Oh my god! But yeah, sneakers is great. Redford yeah. and Party, but yeah, that was a good film. Probably not one that you'd want to be remembered for. But... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying what's remembered for that. Like this, this, he has done better films than that. But I, I, I thought it was a great film. I, I really enjoyed no, that. No, I, I enjoyed it as well. I don't know how how kind of successful it was when it was released, but no, I, I, I think remember it was. watching it. And really, really enjoying it. You know, it was like an exciting. Spy, espionage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll yeah, feel yeah. very dated now, but I really enjoyed that yeah. film. Um, directing, he done Stir Crazy, which I thought was a great movie. But yeah. his last film was his last directed film was. It's it's was not a good one to go out on. 
What was it? It was starring Bill Cosby. Oh, Ghost Dad? Ghost Dad was his last directing credit. Oh, no, that's not, not good. That, <laughs> that's um, not the one to, um, to, to end on, is it? That's, that's, a, that's a tough one. It's not good. Must, I, must be hard being like a director and then, you know, over the years, something like the Cosby scandal yeah. comes to light. And how do you distance? Mm. I mean, you, do you know what I mean? It's, oh, I think it's odd that, like, you know, in 1990, if he was like, if he died, it was like 94. It was, 90, it was 94 when he died, wasn't he? I think that was age. Mm. So in 1990, yeah. it would have been what? Seven? That's like what? That's 22 years ago. So it would have been about 72, that's, 72. Yeah. 70, yeah. Guys like Ridley Scott and Clint Eastwood are still making movies now. Spielberg's still making movies. You wonder, you wonder why Quarty decided just to, maybe he just had enough. He wanted to go and do other things, be yeah. a family, do stuff with family. But yeah, or maybe he just want, you know walk away. Look, yeah, look back and think, yeah, I've done what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, maybe it's, it's always interesting. People who have that other people who have that drive to continue to keep working, like a Ridley Scott, like a Spielberg, like a like Eastwood as well, just mm. want to keep just they have like ten projects and they go just to keep going essentially. Whereas some guys like Party just going, you know what? Done my bit for King and Country. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. take a walk away. I'm, I'm gonna so, um, my life. I suppose the acting equivalent would be like Joe Pesky. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's, you take a point. Yeah, you, yeah. Fuck it. I'm yeah, not, I'm happy. I've done enough. I'll maybe come back now and again if it's something you know special. But yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, there you go. There's my films. I'll see you later. And you're yeah, like, cool. Like Redford done it as well. Newman done it as well. You reach a point. You go, you know what? I've done. My, I'm, I'm happy. To work. Hackman done it as well. He's done it. As, yeah. You know, he's, he's decided, ah, you know just said, you know what? Some people are just driven, I guess, aren't they? As well, yeah. do you know I mean, I guess people. Some people are just driven. You know, they've got that that itch that they can never scratch. Whereas True. other people, like you know, they've, they've left my mark and I'm happy with my legacy. And I'm happy to, you know, enjoy the fruits of my labour. I guess. And there's some you wish would stop. You know, like for example, <laughs> a, a certain like De Niro actor who keeps doing a lot of shit just when you couldn't go. You should have had after Heat, man. If you were any after Heat, ever have been good. Uh, there's been nothing really good since Heat. I'm trying to find some. There's. Mm, there's, there's, not, <laughs> there's not a lot of good stuff after Heat, honestly. It's, One it's or two, company. but yeah, but definitely more hit and miss, isn't it? It's, yeah, it will definitely, definitely definitely a lot of yeah. misses, yeah. Yeah, some strange odd choices, I think, as well. You, you can yeah. wonder what's what's the, the thought process behind you know, From what, what I know the De Niro story is that he uses the money he makes from those films to fund the Tribeca Film Festival. Which makes which I guess which again is, is a know, noble cause. A noble cause. Yeah, yeah, does <laughs> I'd rather you weren't in Bad Grandpa, regardless, you know, I'd rather you weren't doing that. that. That film makes me laugh, man. I'm going okay. to put it out. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, every time, man. She gets Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a I'm, I'm minority, I know, but it does. It yeah. makes me chuckle like a fucking child. So. Anyway, Bogdanovich, <laughs> Quartier, legends in their own uh, time. Um, yeah. Let's go to the one you want to talk about. She passed away a week ago or so. Yeah, um, Betty White. Betty um, White, 99 uh, years old. She, two weeks before our 150th, dude. Yeah. Um, that, that's just horrid. I mean, if there's proof that there's not a god in this fucking, you know, universe, I was in, that's it right there. Do you know what I mean? It's just pretty pay, pay white, man. And if people, if people, if you get to 99 years old and people are still saying you went too soon, you've had a good life. Absolutely. Um, looking at the, the kind of accolades and, and stuff like that in social media, um, there's just nothing but pure love. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. More so in America. Um, definitely was a more know, American sort of institution. Yeah, I think probably definitely. the best thing would be maybe like something like Judy Dench or almost something like that, you know, sort of just intrinsically yeah, tied aye, to the, the Maggie sort of Smith kind of, aye, Maggie Smith, yeah. That, that, that kind of thing, character. Yeah. Oh, Barbara Windsor even, do you know what I mean? Even yes, though, that, like that, that, yeah. Yeah, just loved by everyone. Um, probably 
for me, most fondly remembered is Rosen Island from Golden Girls, um, which enough. I've been watching furiously for the past year, really. I and mean, I think that's why it really kind of got me this one. I mean, like, you know, weighed heavy my, my poor wee heart. Um, but actually, she was just like lovely. That's the thing. She was just a genuinely lovely person. I mean, there's, there's no one has got anything bad to say about Bet White other than, you know, she was just fun, professional, and, and, you know, lovely, kind, caring. She was just seems to be like America's sweetheart. I mean, that, that, that kind of persona, almost like the Fraser's dad, um, you know, yeah. that that type of kind of person, you know what I mean, where, you know, you lose them and you're like, oh my, it's just, just hurts because they were just so nice, you know, that there's no dirt, there's no scandal, they were just, you know, lovely people that everyone's got nice home memories of. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just made me sad. So RIP. Yeah, there's not many people who have Golden Girls and WWE Monday Night Raw on their TV. <laughs> I imagine the list of people who are on that are um, are pretty pretty small. Pretty much Betty White. Um, yeah. I also think she may have been the oldest host of Saturday Night Live as well, possibly. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine too many old on her. Yeah. Um, I loved. I actually remember the only thing I know Betty White from, which is probably quite sad. The only thing I know her from is um, Lake Placid in 1999. It's a, a kind of chunky horror film about a killer alligator that she popped yeah. up in. Apparently she, yeah. but she does credit as, as sort of saving her career a little bit. Like no one had yeah. put in anything since then. Like before then really, she was working in like sort of really like a lot of crap to be honest. And this film sort of yeah. really did bring her back into sort of the public eye. Cause after that she started doing lots of, lots of TV that put them, you know, in, in the, um, in public eye, you know, like something like, you've done like stuff like the seventies show and you do yeah. like practice and Boston legal and, you know, you know, Bold and the Beautiful, no, I guess so actually, actually pushed them into the sort of the, the front line again. The same, like, was it Hot in Cleveland as well? She done that was sort of like almost a follow on from Golden Girls a little bit. Yeah. Popped up in that as well. So she she did actually um, work quite consistently until her death, I think, by all accounts. She didn't really sort yeah, of slow but down. But I think that shows the kind of nice it is to acknowledge something like Lake Placid as being a springboard almost. I mean, to even acknowledge that, you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. it's Lovely in itself, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad one. Um, I done a wee bit of a, a Golden Girls binge um, the day after, so I kind of you know yeah. pushed myself and, and kind of you know had about four hours of order of Golden Girls just to <laughs> calm myself down a wee bit and stuff. Like that that. Is, but yeah, that was sad, man. Sad. That so some... that's three three big talents that we've lost. Um, absolutely, absolutely, so very that. sad. So, but we're trying to be very happier things. So. We'll, yeah, go yeah. we'll go quickly with the non-cinema viewing. I'll throw in one that I've watched because I know you've got a couple to throw in. Um, I finished watching season five of F is for Family on Netflix. Oh, okay. Which is a, it's a kind of adult cartoon series about like sort of a guy working in, I think, I think it's Philadelphia, and it's just sort of this down and out sort of family man who just sort of kind of hates his life because he's so angry about you know the world he's not dealt with a good hand and he just got married too young, had kids too young, and now he's got to work on a shitty job, and he's just sort of had him try to deal with life, essentially. Wow. Kind of got a wee kind of King of the Hill feel to it a little bit as well, but um, it's done by Bill Burr, the comedian. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not it's got name. his sort of sensibility like, running all the way through. It's got Matthew McConaughey, yeah. Vince Vaughn all doing voices through it as well. Um, I think Laura names Dern, as well. Possibly as well, might be doing a voice in it. So, really good cast. Really funny, like, brutally funny. Like, really, kind of a bit like Bojack Horseman when it's it's very funny, but it's also exceptionally dark at times, you know, and it's just sort of yeah. like, like, oh, that's that's really running the line of, like, what is funny and what is just really sad. But yeah, yeah. You know, but um, season five, really good stuff on, on Netflix. I don't know if they get in our series, but this seemed to sort of, it did seem to kind of wrap up to, to some degree. I don't know, maybe they've been told um, 
you know, that's the last one. But it could be uh, the last one. Yeah. They seem to sort of leave them in a place where you go, you know what, if that's where it ends, I'm, I'm quite content and happy with it. But really funny stuff. It's five seasons. I think the four, I think out of the five seasons, I think they're all about 10 episodes each. So you could battle through sure. it in a, in a long weekend, but it's, it's nice. Sure. I enjoyed Sweet. it. Yeah, really cool. enjoyed it. Really liked it. Cool. cool. Uh, we've watched. <laughs> oh, um, first one I'll go on to is the Salisbury Poisonings. Okay. Olivia Coleman. Um, no, no, no. This um, one has got um, Rafe Spell. Oh, I'm is thinking the one you were talking to me about off mic. It was the one about the um, people buying people underneath the, 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 the old couple who were killing people in the bed underneath the doors. Oh, yeah. I can touch on that as well. Exactly. Okay. So, Salisbury, landscapers. So, yes. Salisbury's Poison. So it's based on the Novacek poisons that happened um, a couple of years ago, like 2015, yeah. was it? Something? I think it was probably like 2005 or something. It's probably, like, probably like 15 years old by now or something. No, no. no it's not. It's, it's, it's like really, really recent. It may be <laughs> 17 possibly it's like within the past like um, five or six years possibly you know the novice poisons but it's, it's just like a, a dramatization of, of what happened you know so these russian um this russian spy was, was basically poisoned um found in a park bench and then police went to assist and stuff and it turned out it was um you know like in a deadly deadly toxin like a nerve agent that he was poisoned with um, and that nerve agent is um, contractable by contact. So if okay. you touch it, then you're infected, but you need to touch that very specific part so you don't know where it is on you. Yes. Um, Ray Spall plays one of the policemen that helps. He manages to get infected by it, um, as do a couple of other people. Um, they all recover, and it's just about trying to, you know, can uncover. It's more about containing the agent. It's not about finding who was guilty and stuff like that. It's right. more about, you know, like the kind Stop of health skin the, the officials and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that try to kind of contain it and stuff like that. Um, I kind of thought there, there was that. The, I thought, you know, loads of folk died with this, and apparently there was one death, which was like three or four months after the event, which was um, Nova Chukin or something like that. His name was yeah, it? no, no, it was it was just it was just this um, this single mum that was you know like kind of having a hard time with, with life and stuff like that, and her boyfriend was skip diving oh, and he right, found okay. a perfume bottle, gave her the perfume bottle, and it turned out that that's how they had kind of infected the Russian um, father and daughter initially. So this was like. But five months after it all kind of happened, she was the, the, the kind of only death of it all. Mm. But I, I kind of thought, in, in my head, I thought, you know, the two Russians had died and policemen had died and all that. I thought it was like this big, you know, kind of people dying yeah. everywhere. And turns out that, that it really, really was. I mean, it was still gripping and stuff like that and horrific, mm. um, you know, like, like, I mean, the amount of containment they had to do and resources they had to throw at this to, you know, to stop it spreading and stuff like that is absolutely insane. Mm. Um but, but yeah, it was limited to, to, to one death, which is utterly, utterly bizarre. It seems like a, it seems like too big a story for one death, doesn't it? It feels like and I yeah, sad. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like uh-huh. too much. Exactly, yeah, exactly that. Do you know what I mean? Because I remember watching it and then it was after I watched it, about kind of second it was only three episodes, second episode I looked up Wikipedia and that's when I realized I was like, but you know, there was like no, no one died. It feels um, like something good, like because of like, because of twenty four hour media, it made it into a big thing for all to like sort of yeah. It, it, it seemed like it can go on the TV for like twenty four hours, just keep the keep the, the tickers going along the bottom, almost and and like and entice fear and things like that, and make it a huge story. You know, and yeah. it's like yeah, this is it wasn't really as much as you think it was. It's it's just sort of it's it's a breaking news. It turns into something less than what you'd hope or not hope, but yeah. actually yeah. was. It, it yeah, ran for so long. Up. 
Yeah, but um, I mean, it was it was good watching. It was entertaining. Uh, Ray Spall, um, it, it, he's, he's likable. Ray Spall, yeah, he? he has got a, a real likability about him. Um, so I kind of really enjoyed watching that. It was uh, not something I would usually watch. It was Lorraine's idea, and I end up kind of buying into it, and thinking that was that was fun. Um, the, the the kind of other big thing I watched, um, that I was dead excited about was Cobra Kai. Okay. Um, see, season four. Um, I, I'm loving this show so much. Um, I know you're not. I've never seen Karate Kid, so I can't. You've really, not I'm seen not, it, yeah. You yeah, I've not seen any Karate it. Kid films. So um, I, I think, think Barry's. You know, I mean Barry. I've, I've embraced this in a big yes. way. Um, but it, it's just. I, I mean, it plays on nostalgia. It plays on what we know and love from the movies and stuff yeah. like that. And it kind of throws that at you. And at its roots and bones, it's basically a teen drama. Um, yeah, yeah. is what it is. But with enough Karate Kid in there to keep old blowhards like me happy. Um, teen drama a, a, with fifty-year-olds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I binged that over the course of two days, um, you know, so that, that was quite intensive viewing. I think that was my New Year's Day watching, um, you know, it's kind of nursing a few beers and just yep. episode after episode watching that. And great fun, absolute great fun. You know, there's, there's so many montages and, you know, kind of, oh yeah, kind of moments and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm looking forward to the next season. So that was great fun. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm never, I, watch- I am never going to watch Cobra Kai. I can just almost say I'm never going to watch Cobra Kai. That's no, that that that's okay. That, that that's. I, think, I feel like Karate Kid. Is something you have to see at a certain age for it to really have an impact on you. And I feel like if I start watching Karate Kid now, I'm going to find it shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you will. You'll you'll find that you know what something of its time possibly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean definitely? You've got to kind of capture or or interest. You've got to capture at a certain age. Right time. Yeah, yeah, it's like watching Absolutely. Mighty Ducks now. You watch Mighty Ducks and you go, "This is crap." But yeah. you watch it when you were eight years old and you go this is amazing I love this is, I, I want to play ice hockey and, yes and you know same like, idea coach coach Bumbaz is the coolest guy ever stuff like that yeah I, get, yeah. I totally get it got to get your right um, the other thing I watched um, under recommendation from yourself Mr Laird um, okay. this was one that you were raving about um, okay. and eventually it's made its way over to um, Netflix Werewolves Within Yes, did you enjoy? Finally you enjoy? got round to watch. I enjoyed it very, very, very much. Um, it, it, it's weird because you, you think Werewolves Vin, it's going to be like a kind of full-out horror gore fest, and it, it's not. It, it's it's more dialogue, dead. It's dialogue heavy, but... Very dialogue heavy. Quick dialogue. Um, you know, very, very, the characters are, and are also nuts. Um, yeah. The leads are so likeable. Um, <laughs> just... Great fun. Me and Lorraine both really, really enjoyed it. Um, How good is Lorraine, Sam Richardson as the, the cop, like the main guy, the sheriff? Fantastic. He, he's yes. like, but he's just got that likability that so instantly yeah. you just, you know, if he's opening scene, you're just like, I'm rooting for this guy. Yeah. yeah. Instantly, he's just brilliant. Yeah. The whole thing was great, though. It was just, just a bar of laughs. Um, at the last kind of 10 minutes, you know, when it all kind of unfolds, that's the only real horror in it and even that yeah, it's not even that it's not really played for horror as much it has made it played a bit more for the sort of again like Sean the Daddy a little bit kind of made played more for the sort of the laugh of it the kind of silliness yeah. of it all but, yeah. with, but it's, the, with, with the horror elements there but it's not laugh out loud funny it's wry humour do you know what I mean yeah it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a constant chuckle throughout as opposed to yeah, falling uh-huh. throughout yeah you know, you find yourself smirking far too much do you know what I mean and you've yeah. got that wee smile and you're like I'm, I'm liking us a lot um, Lorraine had watched it the night before, um, and mm. she said, "Oh, that's on here." And I said, oh, "I want to watch it." So I watch it again. I watch it again. So, yeah, you know that's how good it was at Lorraine. She she doesn't like really do repeat viewings the way we do, and she was especially like, not the next day. Out. 
Yeah, she was quite happy to come and do it, you know, um, watch it with me and stuff. So really, really enjoyed it and a good recommendation. So I think I rated it a good solid 7.5 out of 10. Easily. I think it's one of those films which unfortunately came out during the pandemic, so it really did yeah. fall away. No one really saw it. Hoping, I'm hoping it'll find its audience on uh, Netflix and that kind of mm. thing, and it'll become like a bit like a Tremors. You know, one of those films that you said, sort of real enjoyable kind of B-movie, but really well done that you can just put on on a Friday night and yeah. really enjoy. I'm, I'm hoping well, that's I think, it, I think it will be a cult classic. I give, give it five years, give it time to, you know, kind of... Ah, exactly, find, like the way Tremors did, the way... Um, yeah. What's the other one we really like as well? Oh, Tremors, Dog Soldiers. You know, the way they become yeah. this proper, like, just... You remember these films, they're really, really, really well done yeah. movies. They get, they get the fans, not diehard fans, and they will recommend yes. it. That'll get more fans, and it'll just grow and grow and grow. Um, yeah. So, definitely. The last thing I'll touch on very, very briefly, I've only watched the first episode, is season two of The Witcher. And um, Did you watch The the, the Witcher season one? No? Nah, I never, really, I never really bought it. I heard, I know what it's about, but I just... I, mm. I looked at it and go, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. And it just feels... I'm not really... <coughs> I'm very particular with my, like, sort of, like, Game of Thrones in fantasy stuff. Mm, it yeah. takes a lot to pull me in. Like Game of Thrones, I, I didn't really buy into for large chunks of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it needs. It needs a hook to get me in. And I didn't think Witcher, from what I saw the trailers, had that hook to get me in. But I've heard people who really like it, really enjoy it. It's, it's a weird show. The first, the first Witchers of the first season is, is hard to follow and because it jumps about so much. Yeah. And, you know, you really struggle to kind of find it. It doesn't really kind of find you know, let you know where it is or where it's going uh-huh. until the very last episode. So you do spend, like, you know, seven, eight episodes just puzzled, going, I don't understand, you know, where this yeah. all correlates to and what's what anymore. Um, it kind of ties it together um, in the last episode. This one seems a bit more linear. Um, I think just now it seems to be a kind of creature of the week, almost. So this one's like a kind of Beauty and the Beast kind of spin. Mm. Um, I think <coughs> what I've read online is the first three or four are creature of the week, and then it kind of moves on to a story. Like a story quite yeah. It. yeah, quite enjoying it so far. Um, whimsical nonsense. Um, you know, boobs, swords, muscly men. Henry Cavill. Yeah, there you go. It's got yeah. Apparently, he's, apparently he's, only doing, he's a massive fan of the, the game. He's like, he's done yeah, it really Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, his, his back can help get it made. Get it through, uh, you know, yeah. Big big way, yeah. Apparently, yeah. the books are, are pretty good. Um, I think um, Andy's the games are probably very good as well. Games are. I've not played them. I've seen them getting played, and I know people that are massive fans, and I yeah. know they're really big open world RPG games that you know just draw you in. Um, yeah. I've kind of played games like that, you know, like, um, Skyrim, the Elder Scrolls stuff like that. So I'm familiar with that kind of game, and yeah, if they get under your skin, then Jesus, you. Your three months of your life will just disappear. Massive in the games, they did one of the things that they get a lot of applause for is their, their graphics and, and how they look and stuff like that as well. Yeah, um, yeah so the games graphically are, are, are absolutely beautiful to look at as well. But yeah, it, it, it's fun, it's just pure escapism. Do you know what I mean, um, much the same as Game of Thrones and stuff like that. That's you know, it's never going to be the most amazing thing I've ever watched on TV, but it will kill it out of my time. And I'll be quite nice. Happy. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. That, that's me done with my. my your, your update of things you've watched out with it. So anyway, yeah. we'll move on to the cinema, as we always do. Um, we'll get to the cinema. Now, there's a couple we're going to catch up on that have been out for a little while, but mm. none of us have actually seen them before, now I'm going to mention them. First one up, you've not seen it, but I have, so I'll touch on it quickly, um, but without spoiling it. It's called The Matrix Resurrections, um, directed by Lana Wachowski, obviously part of the team that directed the first three Matrixes. Um, her directing partner, her sister is now not involved in the um, the, the process. So, is, is there a reason for that? Not entirely sure. It's not they've been very coy on what the what it is. It's just sort of she had an idea for this and it's um it's her it's her thing. And by yeah. all accounts, 
blessing was given, perhaps. Um, but yeah, so this, this is sort of a first film as um, lead director or like sole director because they had done films together as a, as a pair, uh, like yeah. Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascendance, Ascending, uh, Bound, and obviously the Matrix trilogy. And um, Speed Racer as well. Speed Racer as well, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the only man remembering Speed Racer. Um, I, I can't really go into the plot of this film because if you went into the plot, would entirely spoil it. So I don't really want to do that. Um, but essentially, we, we rejoin the world of the Matrix in a, in a time when there's a possibility of the world collapsing again. That's, that's sort of like all I can really say about it. And you're dealing with... Thomas Anderson, not Neo, in the world trying to make sense of what the Matrix is. Okay. Right, okay. Is it a rehash? Is it a rehash of the Matrix? I'll touch on that without getting into it. So in the film, you've got Keanu Reeves playing Neo, Stroke, Thomas Anderson. You've got Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Jonathan Groff um, pops up in it as well. Yaha Abdul Mateen II, um, also Christina Rishi, Neil Patrick Harris, and Jessica Henwick um, are also flying about in it as well. This, so is um, is Larry not in this one, no? Larry is not in this. Well, Larry kind of is in this one, but he's not in this one. Okay. Okay, so this it's really hard to talk this without ruining it. So I'm, I mean, really, I'm going to tiptoe around a lot of stuff with it, but it's a very postmodern examination of what makes a franchise a franchise and what makes something be iconic. And for the first hour of it, I was kind of going, this is kind of genius in what they're doing here and how they're deconstructing what makes a tentpole movie and what it means to be like sort of something that a studio basically puts its entire you know backing on you know to try and mm. make money so it's for the first hour or so of it it's sort of like this is fucking really very intriguing and not intact not at all what i expected and when you get carrie reeves and carrie Ann moss on screen they're awesome together because see me think about it you don't actually have that much time on screen in the first Matrix. Mm, yeah, there's actually, not there's yeah. not a lot of time between them together. So when you get this, actually built this actually spends time building their relationship as to why you should care about them a lot more, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, the action scenes don't quite bust out in the same way that the first one did. Because the first one, the action scene that were pretty much it was groundbreaking. It groundbreaking. Was, uh-huh. It was like what is it? We'd never seen stuff like that before. Whereas exactly. now. What have you not seen? I guess is the problem. Kind of. now and, yeah. um, and there's a couple of them that are actually a, one in particular is almost utterly pointless as a scene, as an action scene. You go, this gave no purpose whatsoever. So that <coughs> that comes in the kind of final hour of it. I'm just this is where I start losing interest in it. Mm. They bring a baddie into it who the performance and the actor playing it just did not work for me. I was just I was like, no, not buying it at all. Um, it's interesting, it's strange, it's weird. Really strong opening hour, really unique, but it dips a big bit after the first hour. And it really, it doesn't come home strong. In the same way, mm. it's a reverse of Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, which had a pretty ropey opening hour, but yeah. it comes home very fucking strong, like exceptionally goddamn Incredibly strong. Incredibly strong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to the point you watch it, you bounce it, and going, like, I love that, I love that. And you forget, even stuff like Endgame and things like that, they have a really bad, or not, I really... A lazy or sort of like sort of random open hour. Slow, it, yeah, slow. yeah. This is yeah. the opposite. It's a, it's a really strong opening, but then it, it loses pace and it loses. I don't know if it loses conviction or loses the the idea of what it wanted to try and do. Maybe it became like almost it's, like a studio film at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, 
But um, for the oh. most part, I enjoyed it. It's definitely better than Matrix Revolutions and Matrix, whatever the hell the other one is, um, which, I, which I, yeah. did, anyone who's trying to watch them, I think they're fucking unwatchable. I know there's this whole new thing about trying to like, sort of reevaluate them and sort of give them a place. I think, I, I believe they're utter shit. Um, yeah. And should not exist. They're terrible, absolutely horrendous films. We were um, saying off camera. I can't even get past the first ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? I'm just yes. like, there's zero, zero interest whatsoever. Yeah. I have rewatched them recently, both of them, and I found them nigh on impossible watch. Apart from Monica Bellucci wearing very tight sort of leather, which was you know in itself very enjoyable. Um, even she doesn't really know. Even she seems like she's like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, yeah. But yeah, that I would put this definitely above the two of them. Still a long way below. The first Matrix, but then most action films about long way below the first Matrix. But the thing I've always found in Matrix is, um, like the diehard fans are proper, quite fervent about it. That they're like, it's a philosophy for them. You know, it almost becomes a study. Um, that's that's a joy of this film. Other than a piece of sci-fi hokum, do you know what I mean? It's it's nuts how fucking, you know, how much people read into this and you're like, this is, you know, this is a Hollywood movie, you know, back the fuck off, man, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, this is, this is one thing great about the first hour of this film, it's like Lana Wachowski sat there for the past, like, 20 years, reading all this shit online about what people think of the Matrix and just went, fuck you, you're all wrong, this is what it is, and it's just totally it's just taken... pretty cool, I like that. It's pretty cool, it's, it, is, it is a proper, like, fuck you to the fans who really take this shit way too seriously though, so it's like, it's kind of like someone walk. it, it would be the equivalent of Making a Batman film now and walking out, and it's someone playing it like Adam West, you yeah. know, everything like that. You're yeah. going like, so you guys what think Batman's a really yeah. mist- like deep, dark hero? Fuck you, I give you yeah. comedy Batman. It's yeah. like that almost, you know, it's like you don't know shit about this stuff, and it felt that's what it really felt like to me. I, I respect that, I, that's I good. appreciate it because it, yeah. it, it is ultimately, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's <laughs> I don't think it's quite. In the dangers of becoming Scientology, which again is based in sci-fi hokum. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's never going to care of hopefully not. You never fucking know right enough. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, but um, you know, th- th- that's where that came from. Was you know, some science fiction writer decided, no, fuck it, let's you know, let's make a book, and it became a dangerous kind of religion cult. I don't know, you know, step stepping toes. Um, but you know, th- there is almost that that kind of madness with with the Matrix of people just you know fucking. And when you talk to people that are into it about it. You know, you, you, you can't shut them up. You're like, you know, just fucking listen to yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it sounds quite clever that, you know, very, she's very like ah, Open yeah, hour, fucking... very, very clever. Just a, it's, yeah. it's, a very, it's, much, it's very much a let down the final hour. And that was a bit of a shame. So yeah. I'll give it a very solid 7 out of 10. Oh, that's not too bad. That's more than <coughs> I was expecting, sir. I'm, I'm quite quite impressed with that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on to the next one. This one is on Amazon Prime. You've not seen it yet, but I'll get talk hopefully very quickly on it. And that's called Wrath of Man, directed by Guy Ritchie. Who also did things like Sherlock Holmes, Snatch, Aladdin, Lockstock, The Gentleman, Rock and Roller. And the plot of this film is that there is a um, armored car company. They've got a new guy on crew, but the armored cars keep getting hijacked. And he manages to stop one in the opening sort of few moments of it and becomes the hero of the, the, the security film. But there's other things afoot that perhaps there's a bigger conspiracy about yeah. what's happening to these armored cars. And it's the investigation behind that, and, and the the uh, the setup for the robberies of these uh, armored cars. If it sounds like heat, it's because it does sound like fucking heat. That's why it is basically yeah. heat. Um, don't think Guy Ritchie's known for his original ideas. So no, he's not. Um, so this 
in the film, you've got Jason Statham, um, Hope McCallany, Josh Hartnett pops up bizarrely, uh, Jennifer, Jeffrey Donovan, who I quite like from Burn Notice, yeah, Scott yeah. Eastwood um, pops up in oh. it as well, uh, Raul Castillo, and everyone's favourite, Andy Garcia pops up in it as well. He's been in a lot of shit recently, and he seems to be just popping up with all sorts. Just yeah. and you're like, is that? It is. It's Andy Garcia. Then he's gone again. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then he pops up with another thing, and you're like, is that? Is Andy Garcia? Yeah. He does something. Like, now, now, something cool. Can we watch during the Christmas break? We watch Ghostbusters. Answer the call. The one with the, the lady Ghostbusters, and he mm. pops up as a mayor in that, and it's very yeah. funny. And he's two scenes, but he just kills totally. it. In two scenes. But it's always you always like you've got to double take. You're like, it, it is. It's Andy Garcia. Yeah, he popped up in Mamma Mia too. He plays um, yeah, Fernando. Yeah, it's, it's like the love interest. You're like, <laughs> yeah. fucking, what are you doing, man? But yeah, who would not be in love with Andy Garcia? Everyone's loved yeah, Andy Garcia. Yeah, 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 it's great. Still a very um, handsome man. I do. I I, I don't like Guy Ritchie films. So I'm no. not a fan, but I, but I'm a big Jason Statham fan. He's got a, a charm about him. That, that, that I agree. I agree. I'm not a huge Statham or Guy Ritchie fan, but I feel that Guy Ritchie gets the right level of Statham out of Statham. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to use them properly, and there's some actors who you feel the directors really they're, they're sort of paired well. And I feel that Guy Ritchie knows how to use Statham the right way. And equally, I think Statham kind of feels at times knows how to sort of use Guy Ritchie properly to make it the kind of yeah. right film. Um, and yeah. so this it's it's very much a lower key kind of film. It's very much more real world than you would expect from Statham. We're saying obviously he's used to like you know the new Fast and Furious, he's in Cranks yeah. and that kind of stuff, very much. Expendables, whatnot, yeah. Oh, yeah. that kind of shit. So this is this is not this is very much a kind of more ground level Statham. Um owes a massive, massive debt to heat. Um like like fucking huge gravity, you know, huge debt to heat. Um, but does not have the gravitas of heat because as much as Jason Statham and Josh Hartnett are very good actors at times, they are not Al Pacino and uh, De Niro. Oh, you know, De Niro. which I think is a fair Put it. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Scott yeah. Eastwood is not Val Kilmer, um, and he Andy Gar- and Andy Garcia. Well, he could possibly be um, Danny Trejo. You know, it's hard to pick. Yeah, your favorite. yeah. yeah. There's um, is Scott Eastwood still looking more and more like his dad every day? It's very scary how much look like his dad. It's a bit of, a, <laughs> a bit of an issue now. It's a bit worrying. Um, the the um, it unfolds an interesting structure. It's not done the same way as Heat. It's not linear. It's a much more sort of backwards and forwards story. It's sort of almost told in reverse a little bit to some degree. You're sort of seeing. You see from like almost three stories at different times that sort of unfold the full story over the course of the movie, which is mm. actually quite, I thought that's quite an interesting way of developing it. It sort of ends in a big kind of shootout formula at the end of it, which is kind of maybe take away from it a little bit by the end of it. But for most of it, I kind of enjoyed it. There was a real a real lack of female representation in the film. There's like not a single woman in the film who isn't just eye candy for Statham to bang, essentially. So yeah. it's very much yeah. a, a boys club in this one. Um, and it does feel, because of that, it feels very much like an early 2000s kind of movie. You know, because of that, it feels like it's a film, you know, you kind of wonder how Guy Ritchie sees women in his world. Does he actually see them? Or are they just sort of like, you know, are they just objects to him a little bit? Because... Are, are they like furniture, almost? Uh-huh, you know, almost like, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't notice yeah. them. If they were in a wedding ring, he wouldn't notice them because they could become yeah. invisible to him or something. You know, it yeah. feels like that. Um, and there's not... There's, you can easily made one of these characters a, a woman, and it would not change the story one Which bit. Which is very weird because he was married to, to Madonna, wasn't he? Yes. And Madonna's, I mean, if you're talking about empowered females, Madonna's like, fuck me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Maybe, that's what, maybe, that's what maybe, maybe, maybe Madonna's told him is maybe scared him. God knows, but it's just, I just find that weird. I mean, that he was in a relationship for so long yeah. with such an empowered female. And yeah. yeah, as you say, like, females are, you know, usually derided to. Sex objects and yeah, I can't think of a single female actress or a female actor, sorry, in any of these films that actually stands out. Can you? 
no. Even Rachel McAdams, even Rachel McAdams, Sherlock Holmes is pretty much, you know, isolated. Yeah, yeah. Rachel McAdams, for God's sake, you know. Yeah. No, if you're running something there, I'm going to I'm going to research this more. Yeah. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. It's a it's a very standard Friday night action film. If you know, it's in that line of not like. Um, I'm trying to think of like hard. Remember stuff like Hard Rain from like the yeah. late nineties, like you know, two thousand stuff like yeah. that. It's in, it's in that kind yeah. of vein. You know, it's enjoyable. It's dumb. It's it passes the time. I think it moves pretty quick. It's only about hundred minutes long. It's yeah. on Amazon. It's very much almost. You can imagine it going to the cinema, dying a death in the cinema, becoming a not a bad DVD rental. It feels like that kind of movie. It feels like it's prime for streaming. Okay, just very very quickly, and you, okay. you, you've got you, one answer. You okay. get one answer, and if you get it wrong, I'll be I'll be disappointed. Okay. Stay from his best role to date. Crank. No. Oh, did you ruined it, man? Crank. What, what is it? What's better than Crank? Spy. See, I wouldn't. See, I'll give you Spy. Yes, because Spy. He has <laughs> the um. He's the hand credit in, in Spy. Yeah. It, so that's it, why it's, it's almost yeah. like, it's almost an extended cameo in Spy. Absolutely. Well, uh, I mean, go with purely lead role. I would, um, go, I would go with Crank. But if you're going to go with best performance or best moment and sort of really send himself up, yes, it would be Spy. Spy is a fantastically well done film. I'd probably go Crank. Actually, is a good show. It, it kind of plays in all his strengths and stuff yep. like that. I mean, it's a totally well done film. That, but um, God, Spy, just a bit, still laughing. <laughs> he's brilliant. Well, I Spy, brilliant. I cannot fault you on Spy, but I would say he's more. Uh, <laughs> he is definitely the and. Jason Statham yeah. role in that one. He, he's Featuring, got the, yeah. He, yeah, it's, it's, he basically got like three scenes, but he did steal all three scenes. But that's yeah, all it is. Effortlessly. Effortlessly, effortlessly. yeah. But it's definitely... What would you give this one out of ten? Uh, six and a half. Uh, not too bad, though. Yeah. I mean, see, I'm not a, a massive Garrett fan. I am so, And I know you're not. So to give it anything above a three or a four, I'm actually quite impressed. Yeah. You've scored it at a high, so yeah. I'll, definitely enjoyed for what it was. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Right, on from this one, finally, we've got one that you've seen, and that is a Netflix release called The Lost Daughter, um, directed by everyone's second favourite Gyllenhaal, Maggie, um, mm-hmm. in her feature debut. Jake's the best Gyllenhaal. I think we can agree Jake on that. Is, Jake, Jake is Jake's, the best Gyllenhaal. Jake's just awesome, isn't he? He's just growing up. He's a phenomenon, yeah. hasn't he? I remember for Donnie Darko, and you're like, who is this kid? And look at how you're like, Jesus, man. Yeah, well, yeah I watched oh. The After Tomorrow last night, and Gyllenhaal still steals that. Um, yeah, even though he might have angered Taylor Swift, doesn't matter. We still like Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, the plot of this one is very interesting. It's basically set on like an Italian island of a, a, a teacher who goes on sort of like a working holiday to do a, a book or do some research. Yeah, um, yeah. She's basically been most of it on the beach where yeah. she sort of has flashbacks in terms of her life regarding her own daughters as she sort of watches this other family, this other woman deal with her daughter and her life. That's yeah. Just, yeah. Ah. From that, you start to reveal who she is through flashbacks of her dealings with her own daughter, and it's sort of it's just sort of a character study of essentially three characters, but only two characters because one's played in the past and the present. The present, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're getting absolutely. this kind of unfolding. Um, so you've got Olivia Coleman, who's sort of the main protagonist. She's the one you're sort of seeing it through. Um, Jesse Buckley plays a young version of her. I thought very well plays a young version of her. Um, Dakota Johnson plays a sort of woman that Olivia Coleman's watching, whose daughter is sort of like. Yeah, watching her deal with her daughter to realize how she dealt with her daughters, and um, also pops up and it's Peter Sarsgaard and the always lovable, never disappoints Ed Harris Ed pops Harris, up as well. Yeah. And you cannot yeah. not love 
Ed Harris, the man who's got he's, a gravitas. So, so his eyes, man. He's got those blue he's got eyes. The eyes. Just like you're, draw, you're drawn to them, man. Yeah. You're just watching. Imagine young Ed Harris with those eyes. Young Ed Harris with those eyes would, just, would, not, would have just pulled anything he wanted to. Man, woman, animal. They, just, they could so not say no Ed Harris. Him, Paul Newman, guys like that. They just yeah. the eyes, do the acting. I mean, you just look yeah. at the eyes and there's a whole... I mean, you just you've got it, man. You're like, yeah, I know. I know yeah. what you're saying. You know what I mean? you if you were in a bar and Ed Harris is there, you're getting no attention whatsoever. Oh, no, not at all. He, he's no, commanding. No. Commanded. Every room he walks in, you'd imagine yeah. Ed would be, you know, people would flock over to, to yeah. Ed's side of the room. Yeah, definitely. His um, Apollo 13 is Gene Kranz is still one of my favourite performances in any film. I think it's an amazing performance. I like him a lot. Uh, probably a bit of a shit choice, but um, The Rock, I like him in that. I love him, not love him The Rock, but just if you, yeah. Apollo yeah. 13, I think he just, he just he yeah. has that Kevin Costner thing where you can say completely cheesy, stupid lines, but they sound really earnest. Yeah. And if, uh, if you, but you, you buy it, you're like, you know, you could be telling me anything, yeah. man. You know, yeah. what fucking old battery power. To, yeah. yeah you're right. I will run through a wall from here. If you can <laughs> run through a wall, I'll run through a fucking wall because Ed Harris has told me this. Anyway, we'll move on to this film. Um, Lost Daughter on Netflix, um, getting a lot of great rave reviews. What did you think of it? Um, I have a feeling you were going to hate this film. When I watched it, I thought Colin was not going to enjoy I, this. I didn't hate it. Um, I just thought it was really, really, really muddled. Um, it's based on a book. Right, okay. And I think the book probably reveals more than the film, but it will reveal more than the film, but I think the film's maybe missed some really, really important parts. That's um, interesting. But by the end of it, I was really confused as to what to conclude from the end but i won't spoil um but no, the, you know yeah. the, the the end scene i was like i don't i, I don't i don't understand no. do you know what i mean and i don't like not understanding i don't want to watch a film mm. and be baffled um but i think the lack of understanding comes from the unclarity throughout as i say i think there's just something that they've maybe missed just to kind of give you a clear <laughs> narrative that here's the conclusion here's why you know that that concludes it for you. Um, yeah. It's just too too vague and too, yeah. too open ended. Performance wise, um, Coleman will probably get some kind of BAFTA whatever award yeah, for likely, it, uh, yeah. nominations anyway. Um, Harris, as you say, was spot on. Um, not a massive fan of Dakota Johnson. She was I, good in this. I enjoyed in this. I thought she was really good in yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, she was. Uh, she was good in this. I was completely watchable. Um, and um, Jesse Buckley, she didn't convince me as a young Olivia Coleman, but she acted her socks off. She she, she yeah. wasn't bad in the part. Mm. I just wasn't convinced she was that younger character. Oh, see, I totally I mean? got that. That's one of my favourite things. But I thought she really captured who Olivia Coleman was. I could see, the, she, I could see who she became from that. I think she got the voice, but physically, I think there was. Oh, two, no, phys- doesn't look two, like it. But I, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I yeah. got it. I got too, it. Too far apart. Um. So I mean, I, performance wise, yeah, absolutely. Um. Camera work, um, you know, stuff like that was great. Music didn't really no, jump out. Okay. Some of the songs yeah. were good, but the, the the actual kind of score itself didn't didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um, I just found it too too muddled. Um, mm. you know, t- too much trying to kind of figure out where's it going, why is it going there, why is it doing that, you know, why did this character do that, and mm. never having that resolution. Um, I don't mind filling in pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, but if I've not got enough pieces, then yeah. I'm not going to, you know, know what the puzzle's meant to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I didn't hate it. Um, I just didn't enjoy it as much as yeah. I maybe could have if I had of more insight, possibly. But, yeah. Summarises. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a rarity column, but I'm almost in complete agreement with you. Um, well. 
I'm the same. Like you've got to almost separate the film from the performances. Like the performances yeah. of every person in it are excellent, and you they all embody the roles. And there's real moments of tension. Like when she's talking to the um, the guy at the car, when she thinks it's her yeah. car. There's yeah. a real sense of something's not right, then you feel like something's going to menace. Or the the, the uh, scene in the cinema as well. Oh, well, you know yeah, I mean? there's a, a real beach when they first meet at the beach, you know, exactly. and they ask her to move, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, so definitely. There's a real, yeah. a real sense of menace there. So the performances are mm. all fantastic. Um, I, felt, I, did, I thought Coleman and Buckley actually played the, the two hander really well. Um, Johnson, Dakota Johnson, I thought actually really good as a sort of like the mother, the mm-hmm. young mother. I thought she played it really well. And, um, um, and I actually found her quite watchable for the first time in a, in a long... In, I don't really think I've seen her that film a really watchable one. Yeah. Um, but much the same as you said, it builds and builds this narrative for like a good hour and a half. Yeah. And then you get to the end and I just... I didn't really feel satisfied with what I got at the end to like sort of to justify the, the two hours I'd spent sitting watching it. Like, yeah. I don't know if maybe I'm too dumb and it's been over my head, the meaning of this, but if you're saying it's based on a book and you think the book's got more about it in it, yeah. then that would make sense. But it did feel... There was at least one or two key scenes at the end that um, maybe we were explained, or even during it, they were maybe brought more. Like, <laughs> like it just felt a bit unfinished, and and just yeah. a couple of a couple of moments were lacking from it that would have brought a proper narrative conclusion to it. Where I felt I would have felt at least obs- like I said, I don't need everything spelled out for me in black and white, yeah. but I need to like I said, I need to at least have a picture. So I can do the jigsaw myself, you know. And you need, you need enough, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what I tend to do when I get stuff like this is I'll, I'll kind of generally go to AMDB and I'll scroll through user reviews. And yes. a lot of reviews are, are you know, paraphrasing what, what you're saying as yes. well. You know, like got to the end and we're just like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, mean, I just, I'm sorry, I, I don't get it. Um, a few reviews did reference the book saying, you know, it makes a bit more sense. Yeah, I've yeah. read the book and stuff like that. The problem is, you know, if you're going to take a book um, and make it into a film, then it's still got to be cohesive. Do you know what I mean? Like the the materials there, you can't take out elements that are maybe key or (coughs) important or, you know, give information that that, that can lead you to your own conclusion, even. Um, You can't assume that I've read the book either to know this person has done X, Y, and Z in the past. You've got to show me or at least give me some information. Um, Yeah. But as a film, it's, it's a well done film. It looks well, it looks excellent. She, she obviously, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal Hall is obviously she's worked on film sets since a young age. She knows how to handle a camera. Um, yeah. It's just maybe the narrative structure was what was lacking. Abs- it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's we're kind of both said now the, the acting on it was, you, know, you kind of, the direction was fine. And mm. see, it will win, I don't know what awards it'll win, but it will it'll get nominations for sure. I, um, I don't think probably, it will. Uh, Coleman might get one, but I don't. I think it might just be Coleman will get some. I don't see anybody else getting. It. I, I feel it'll slip away too much. I think it's won minor awards so far, like yeah. the European awards and stuff like that. Um, so I think it will get mentions anyway. Um, but yeah, just I'm, I'm just I'm still confused, and you know I'm kind of getting to that point where another film we're going to talk about is still preying on my mind. I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out, but a good way. But whereas. Yeah, but with this one, I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, I don't, I don't care now. Do you know what I mean? That's I'm sorry, but I've, I've spent too through. much time thinking on it, and I'm done. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care what it's about anymore, which is a shame. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of when I got to the final twenty minutes. I'm going to go. I just, I'm not really that caring. And, and about ten minutes after, I mean, we've all watched films where after you've watched it, it stays with you. Performances stay with you, yeah. and you, you can't stop thinking about it. After ten minutes of watching this film, I was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm moving on from it. I'm, I'm watching something yeah. else. I'm, I'm not, it does, it didn't linger with me the way I thought. It kind of should, and I can expect it to a little bit. But the way that yeah. talk about it was that this is sort of like you know defining, and yeah. 
for Netflix, I thought it was a step up. Maybe it was a good Netflix movie, but beyond mm-hmm. that, I thought it was it was just a very okay movie. I would give it seven out of ten, just based more on performance. Performances. Um, I gave I gave it right down the middle, five out of ten. Out of 10. Because um, there's great performances and all that, and that's that's what got the five out of ten. But in terms of just you know narrative and. I, I don't want to feel frustrated after watching a film, and, and yeah. that's how I felt. And you know, that's how I was like, no, I'm going to split this one. Um, you know, five for artistic merit, and you know, minus five for being a dick. Confusing you, yeah. Confusing, yeah. 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 On from that, one that is in the cinemas that is still staying in cinemas, even got into some of the big cinemas, not just the um, uh, arty cinemas, which I was surprised at. I actually got into Cineworld, um, in mm. sort of big chains, and has a film called Titan. <sighs> So, I'm kind of I'm a bit scared and a bit worried about this conversation. Okay, uh, actually, I'm I'm dread. I've been thinking about how we're going to cover this. For, okay, you know, since last night when I watched it, and I'm okay. Like, so this, you, is... this is directed by Julia Docamau, Docamau, um, who directed the film Raw a few years ago, which I thought was excellent. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen very Raw. Much, yeah, I enjoyed it. One of the most visceral film experiences I've ever watched in my life when I watched the cinema. Definitely one that's sort of until oh, well un- until last night. Yeah, yes. When I was it really, it does stick with you. And I can't even think of too many more that really did stick with me that way. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this film is a young woman who is um, in a car accident as a young child. She gets a metal plate put in her head. Um, yeah. You cut to a few years later where she is performing in sort of um, like sort of fast <laughs> style, draping herself over cars. Um, and you know, being a, one yeah. of the, a kind of go-go dancer for the cars. Um, anyway, you, one night something happens with the car. Something is, people are happy, or she's happy anyway, with what happens with the car. And then, oh, you forgot about the ear scene before that. Oh, yeah. There also might be a chance, <laughs> there also might be a chance that she is a serial killer as well um, through yeah. the film. Um, she, has, she, she really, really, really likes cars, and we'll, we'll put it like that. Um, yeah. Fuck, yeah. As her serial killer antics become discovered, she basically does a sort of an imposter situation where she pretends to be a missing child who has been found after like sort of 10 Not Not years. just a missing child, a missing boy child. A missing boy child. So she's Which, which involves self-mutilation. Yes. Um, and she is at that point trying to hide who she is. Well, at the same time, she's becoming more and more pregnant with possibly a car. <laughs> Right, this is at the same now, time trying to be a fireman. This is the first half an hour of the film. Yes, essentially, yeah, that's, that's the first half hour. Um, <laughs> right, so in the film you've got, sure, film you've got right, Agatha no, hold herself, on. she plays the main character. Right, stop, Prince. stop, no, go. I, I need to, no, I need to, no, because, right, so she disguises herself as a missing boy. Right? Yes. The boy's dad comes in and identifies and says, yeah, that's my boy. Uh-huh. Um, he takes her home, and it turns out he's a fire fire chief. Yes, who happens to also do paramedic stuff as well. That's which, normal for that's normal for paramedic. Is, is it right? Yes. Okay. Um, they go to the fire station. Uh-huh. Um, there's some weird dancing shit happens. Yep. Quite a few times. Yes. No idea why. More dancing in this um, film. More dancing you'd expect there, in this film, to be honest. There's anabolic steroids. Yes, as well, which. I, I, it's just nuts, man. Yeah. It's, dude, it's just fucking. Well, anyway, so in the film, you've got <laughs> Agatha Russell, she plays the, the titular character. You've got Vincent uh, Linden, he plays the firefighter, uh, Garnack, Mariere, and Lee Salma also pop in it. But really, it's Agatha Russell who is sort of the main. Um, I believe this is her first, film, first movie, yeah. In the, 
yeah. the, the balls essentially to do what she does and the, and the guts to do it and, to, and also to trust your director to the, this extent with your first movie is quite an amazing scene. Yeah. Fucking, and she, but she's got like star quality about her. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know I mean? She absolutely does. If, if, if I hadn't have known, if somebody said to me that's her first movie, you'd be like, nah. Never. No, she has so much mean? confidence in, in, in her yeah. ability, which I think is really special. Um, so I'll start with this one. This is a unique and insane watch. It is, it's tough to categorise. It's almost impossible to categorise. Um, it is built around an amazing central performance. She, I thought, like you said, yeah. she is phenomenal in the central role. But I think all the support's excellent as well. Like the, the guy playing our, um, the fireman, Dad, is... He was out... Uh, I'm going to assume he's like a veteran of French cinema. I think so, yes. Yeah, I mean, you can see again that, you know, he's he's comfortable, you know, with what he's doing. Mm. He's, he's, you know, totally believable as that character is batshit yeah. crazy as it is. Um... <laughs> Again, like a like raw, visually stunning throughout it. Yeah. Um, it demands your attention. And never at any point you feel you want to go to the toilet or look at your watch or look at your phone. You you feel compelled at all times to keep your eyes on the screen because you don't know what's but, gonna happen. Yeah, but some of the stuff you're watching it, you don't want to watch No, you don't. It. It's, it's like raw. You're watching you watching raw, you want to look yeah, away, but you can't, you can't you, you're like Fucking, you know, you're in, you know, you're watching it and you're, you're like horrified. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, my constitution's, you know, fucking stronger than most did. Yeah. And I'm watching this, thinking, I can't watch this, and I'm watching it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You feel, oh, my God. You feel you have Dirty. to watch it, but there's so much stuff in it. You feel like this is not right. Um, yeah. It goes without saying, this film is not for everyone, and there will be people who this film no. will just completely will not, not, not jive with at all. It, it is a, yeah. It's not. It's not Greasy Strangler in that respect. No, it's not. It, no, it's more no. like it is more like Raw, where there's, some of the stuff feels so real and so, even though it's completely absurd, it feels so real that it is difficult to watch. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, absolutely compelling from start to finish. It's just fucking nuts, man. I think one one <laughs> of the best things about it is um, again reading reviews on on IMDb and stuff for that and. People are, but I, I don't understand. You know, what does it mean? And, and you know, what's the symbolism? And what, there, there's none. You know, yeah. it, it's. And I think the directors as much said. You know, it, it's not. It's just that's it's the fantasy, story. essentially. Yeah, it's it, fantasy. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, there's no depth in it. There's no like, fucking magic. You know, that this. You know, this doesn't represent anything other than what you've seen in the screen. That that, that yeah. was it. There's, there's a discussion that, to me. It could be about identity and you know, sort of defining yourself and you know, and, and sort of maybe like man versus machine in some ways. Um, it's also many times it's it's flipping the gender roles as well, you know, with it, like you know the fact that she's a serial killer, which is obviously quite rare in a film. Um, you, you can't go with that, and it's it's also about very much about grief as well. I think it's just the director wanted. It's just for you know, I'm, this is uh, it, yeah. This, nah, there's, there's more to it than, there's more to it than just that. There's definitely there's a story of grief there because there's a scene in it with the dad when it becomes abundantly clear, not to spoil anything. He knows that's not his son, but he doesn't care. He just wants someone but back in his that's life. That's just, but that is that's grief. grief. There's that's no, grief. But there's no it's, undertones. It's not a metaphor for anything. Or no, it's not a metaphor for anything. It's, it's, it's a yeah. film that's discussing grief and what grief is and how grief can affect somebody. Um, it's also uh, maybe a, a, it's a film about, in many ways, someone taking advantage. You know, it's in, in that way as well. But you're right. It's not. A, it's maybe not talking the same way like Don the Dead's talking about consumerism. It's maybe talking yeah, about yeah. that level. It's, it's not a social commentary. I don't no, think there are themes throughout um, it. Yeah. The, the only thing I could think that the closest comparison um, 
that I've ever watched. I, I suppose Cronenberg's obviously Cronenberg stuff, I, yeah. I don't think quite Cronenberg. Um, back in the 80s, there was um, a couple of Japanese films. I think one of them was called Tetsu the Iron Man. Okay. Um, and it's basically about this this guy who becomes a cyborg and mm. runs about Japan raping women with a drill. Okay. Um, <laughs> that That's pretty much it. Again, you know, it's just shot value, jumping all the way through, yeah. um, you know, very little on the way. You know, it's not trying to do anything other than, you know, it's just fucking bonkers. And th- this is the only thing I can think well, of that this even touches on. Um, I think it was quite, in many ways, like The Fly. You think so? Oh. The, kind of, the metamorphosis throughout it um, was sort of, it, to me, felt very Cronenberg-y, very Fly-esque. Um, not an exact one-for-one one like for like, but I think there was definitely elements of, of that film in it. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just lunch, found it... Maybe? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. found it just so compelling. Yeah. And that's... And me and you watch a lot of stuff, and a lot of stuff, like you said, is sometimes just there to kill time for an hour and a half, and it almost just washes over you. You can take something from it and you walk away from it and that's it. This film will stay with you and it sat with me for a fucking yeah, long time. I still, I mean, I came home and I was trying to explain it to Lorraine and pretty much the way you started off explaining it to, to the listeners. And right. the more you explain it, yeah. you, just in your head, you're thinking, this is fucking nuts. And like I said, everything we explain for the plot, that's in the first half hour. Aye, oh, totally. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't let... The, the, the bit with the techno dancing, um, oh. you cannot describe how bizarre that is. Because you're watching it and it's so surreal, and you're yeah. just trying to, you're trying, your brain's just going a hundred miles an hour, thinking, "What's why? What's going on? What's going on?" Do you know what I mean? And it's just, but your eyes are just like, you know, they're just drinking it in and yeah. listening, and it's just mental. It's just utterly, utterly mad. As a director, she reminds she, she's very much her own thing, but she reminds me a bit like Robert Eggers, the guy who directed like The Witch and The Lighthouse and stuff, The Lighthouse and things like that. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just really interested in what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. They've just they've got such a unique vision, and yeah. they know how to get that vision onto celluloid. Yeah. You know, in a way that not a lot of people can do. Um, you know, I mean, the, the shit you're watching is I see, yeah, you're just watching, and it's just this this ride you're on. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like strap yourself in because you're here for the duration. Shut the fuck up and watch. And you're going to go. You're going to go places. Out of interest. You're in the cinema watching it. Um, busy. Uh, uh, no, there was, there was um, I would say, eight people. Um, Any walkouts? Which, off camera, I'm, I'm going to discuss this with you um, okay. because I don't want to offend anyone. No, no walkouts. Hold on. If there was an elderly couple came in, um, they watched it. Um, no, no, no walkouts at all, which I, I thought it would have been. I, yeah. I was fairly certain there would because I kind of knew what I was going to I... see. Um, whereas if you don't know what you're going to see, then, you know, fucking hell, man, you're going to come out disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to come did, you, did you have any workouts? No, not at all. I think, again, no. it's that idea of people know what they're going to see. I think, yeah. even, I think particularly in the world now where you're only going to cinema to see one thing because it's your one night out, you're not maybe just randomly picking something just because you, you know, it's, it's, it's more an effort to go to cinema these days because of, you know, COVID and all that kind of stuff. I think you're yeah. investigating a little bit more what you go and see. So I think, yeah. particularly now, it's only the diehards are going to go and see an art house film like this, so they know what they're going yeah. in for. They're actually they're seeking yeah. it out more than anything else. Yeah. What's really bizarre about it, or not bizarre, but I suppose clever actually, is, is that it constantly ups the ante. Oh yeah. Um, so so from the outset, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's I won't spoil it, but from the outset, there's there's brain surgery graphically yes. shown, and you look fuck. That's pretty 
you know, sick. And then it just ups it. And it just, you know, it tops it all the way. And every time you think of a scene, you'll go, oh, fuck you. Yeah. And then that scene was, fuck, that was nuts. And it just, oh. you know, it just keeps going and gets relentless, man. It, it, it doesn't slow down. You it doesn't slow down at all. No, no I, I, think, I think it's absolutely a, a film that should be watched. I do, I do openly accept that it is not for everyone. And some people will watch it and will turn it off after 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Which, which is a shame. Um, again, would be a French film that'll put people off. Um, people are impatient with subtitles and stuff like that. I guess, yeah. but that's uh, not a lot of dialogue in it. To be honest, when you watch it, it's actually quite dialogue-free. Not a massive, massive amount at all. Um, what I did find amusing, I always kind of find this amusing. We really kind of indie flicks is um, the amount of companies you get at the start. Oh this, yeah, this is maybe about ten. This is quite. This is quite possibly the, the most I've seen. Yeah. Film yet, quite I think no one was willing to commit all their money to this because it's like it's too bad shit to put all your money into. You know, you yeah, go, there's, there's so many, yeah, so so many pop ups. You know, this company that you're literally that did that was like almost half the movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's, it's not a long movie. You're talking maybe about maybe an hour and just over, just over 90 minutes. Huh? It's, it's like 98 minutes, something like maybe 100 minutes. At and most, it, so. it, it does not fucking labor at all. No, um, you know, at, at no point are you disinterested in the film, yeah. um, you know, or looking at your watch or twirling your thumbs at no point at all. You know, you're just, you are completely engrossed, um, maybe for all the wrong reasons, but, yeah. but you are just, you know, you're drawn into this director's vision of their own fucking mad world. Madness. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rand, uh, well, serious question regarding it, because like, I loved Raw when I watched it. I never watched yeah. that film again, ever. Yeah. I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I cannot see myself watching this film again, but I'm glad I did watch it once. Um, oh, interestingly, um, without getting into too much of my own personal details, but after the film, I was in, in the bathroom doing a pee and sneaking okay. a rape, as always after the film. But there was two other people watching it, kind of, and then I could overhear their conversation. And one was like, you know, so so what do you think happened at the end? And the other person was like, I'm not sure. And they were like, oh, I think I need to watch that again. And the other person was oh, like, right, okay. definitely needs a second watching. So... You know, immediately that was two people that you know mm. had expressed an interest in in a revisit. Um, I think I'm much like you. I think I've seen it. Um, I'm not looking for you know anything more than it gave me, and yeah. I'm content with what it gave me. I, I, I don't feel I need to watch it again. Um, yeah, I probably would watch this one before I watch Raw again. To be fair, this is probably high. But, yeah, more. Which is both films are absolutely bonkers that you didn't yeah. want to watch another one again. But yeah, definitely this one's the more accessible of the two. Yeah, which amazing to say. I know because it's, it's not, utterly unaccessible. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, um, from start to finish. Yeah, nuts experience. Out of ten, solid seven. Seven. I'm giving eight and a half. Eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, I was a wee bit kind of thrown by the very, very, very end. Okay. Basically, the final scene because I was like. I don't know if I was expecting optimism. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yes. I mean, I'm with you. Yes. Fucking nuts. But I, I would, I would urge anyone who isn't easily offended to to, to watch it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have a, a high tolerance for, um, well, everything. Shit. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I was going to say gory shit, and then I'm thinking, it's like, yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah, much everything. It, it goes yeah. to some places. That's us for this week. So next week we have at the cinema we have the three five five. The all-female-led action movie. I think this looks terrible. I've seen trailers. And I think I'm it just looks like, 
fucking horrendous to be honest but I'm a big yeah. fan of Jessica Chastain and I'm a big fan of everybody else in it so I'm, I'm very much embracing it but I think it could yeah. be quite awful to be honest yeah I'm watching the trailer and I'm thinking why do I want to see this you know what, what's the compulsion there's none give me, give me a reason and yeah. like, no I don't I've care I've got but... a feeling after this and after the Ava the one that was out during lockdown with Jessica Chastain I've got a feeling <clears> I'm going to learn that Jessica Chastain really likes the action movie genre but the action movie genre is not a big fan of Jessica Chastain you could be right, so you could be something that statement, and this I mean, film could be the, the revealer for that. Which is yeah. a shame because I, I think she's a cracking actress, and I'd like to see her do as much effort as Anyway, but we'll watch, we're, we're holding judgment until we see it. And um, we will talk about The Kingsman next week, and I'm going to go and see it, and that's whenever okay. we will now. But we'll talk about that next week. Also, at the cinema, um, I think it's quite limited cinema release, but it's out. Uh, Boiling Point, we've seen this one, what? it's the old. Film no. of Wesley Snipes. No. no, it's a new film. It's got Stephen no. Graham in it. You know the Scouse actor. Oh, I don't like him. You don't like him? He plays a chef. No. It's all done like a one take in a kitchen overnight. I am, as a man who used to work in a kitchen, um, I am very much intrigued by this. It looks like they seem to, from what I've seen, the small clips he has captured asshole head chef exceptionally well, which I think might give me a little bit of a smile of, of remembrance and also. You know, nightmares of remembering my life when yeah, I in the kitchen. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I've worked in the kitchen as well, so it could be interesting from that perspective. Yeah. Or maybe look at the trailer and I'll up, go from there. Up until now, the closest film I've seen that captures the kitchen properly is um, Ratatouille. So I'm intrigued to know how they can do it live action. I didn't mind. What was the one with Bradley Cooper? Remember? Oh, yeah. Bur- um, burnt, 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 yeah, burnt, yeah, at yeah. times, but he was yeah. just a bit, yeah. I, I got kind of, got a wee bit. Yeah. yeah, but um, no, I, I thought um, Ratatouille captured it absolutely perfectly. To be honest, I thought it got the the, the hierarchy yeah. and the, the sort yeah. of the crazy characters who work in a kitchen down pretty quite well. Pretty, yeah, I actually did. Yeah, never yeah, all the yeah, stations and how the, how the kitchen runs, and, you know, <laughs> and the fact that you know you might be higher, but everybody's the same same boat and stuff like that. Like even the mop yeah. boy is still the same as a head chef type thing. The idea that they all work, yeah. it's, it's a team. Um, I yeah. thought they got that, that 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 quite well. So yeah, so that's out this week. There's not actually that much else. We'll have to really look to even find something on Amazon or Netflix to throw into the mix because there's really not that. Much. It's a bit of a dead zone this start of January, yeah. particularly yeah. now when it's like even quite. I can't find licorice pizza anywhere. It's not shown much. It's since in the world this week. It rains this week. Not not um, silverburn. Oh, you're not getting silverburn. I don't yeah. know if I find licorice pizza. I'm not. I've seen the trailers and I'm like, I don't. I don't see. I'd, I'd put a bit of trailers on that, but I don't yeah. see in the trailers what all the fuss is about. I could be, I could be, you know, totally missing out on, on something special. So I'll probably go and see it because yeah. there's such a buzz about it. Yeah, Paul um, Thomas Anderson's always very intriguing. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all yeah. So we'll look at um, a few of them. We'll figure something else out. Well, I'm sure we'll throw in a few home views. <laughs> we'll find a random Netflix watch. Um, go to yeah, way to find us. Yeah, you can find us at uh, number three beers in the movie. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on Gmail. Um, we're on all the social media. So yeah, look us up and chat to us. Go watch Titan. Let us know what you think of Titan. That'd be really funny to see some of your comments because yes. um, yeah, it's um, I'm still puzzled, man. I'm still my, my head still. I was thinking about it. It's the last thing in my mind last night when I went to bed that phone. I was thinking about the thing you think about you wake up as well, and the last thing you think about you I, go to bed. It'll, it'll stay it, with yeah, you. it sticks for a long, long time, and yeah. I'll recommend it to people as well. So again, yes. it could be cult classic in the making. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.